1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Mike to tell you along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby Bear, Charlie Long. Uh, we we'll tell everybody at 6 o'clock tonight, we'll throw it to LSU Baseball as the uh, Fighting Tigers play the Texas Longhorns. Uh, Pre-game at 6, and the game starts at 6.30. And uh, Charlie and I talked about this yesterday, Bob, that uh, the four losses uh, for Texas, three of them came against SEC teams, Arkansas, Vandy, and Missouri. Uh, yeah. So, uh, yeah. you know, again, it's kind of a preload to what eventually is going to happen real quick when Texas enters the uh, Southeast Conference. But um, right. I, I think a very interesting game for the Tigers tonight.
3: Well, uh, you look at uh, Texas is 3-4, and four, like you said. Uh, you're playing in their backyard. LSU is still number one, even though uh, they lost to the Iowa Hawkeyes. Uh, but Texas is unranked. You would think they would be ranked because I look at Texas uh, baseball. Uh, I think uh, that's something, uh, you look know, name, image, and likeness, transfer, portal. I think they always can be relevant, even when they would join the SEC. But uh, if you look at it right now, they're in the midst of rebuilding year after losing. Uh, uh, you look in the lineup, when you can uh, smack the ball, or the long ball. But uh, they're losing in the lineup more than 100 home runs from the lineup last year. Uh, now, they brought in. Now, this is a stud, if you're watching tonight. The Longhorns brought in, talking by transfer portal, Longhorns brought in left fielder Porter Brown uh, from TCU he used, to help with yeah. that. Now, he currently leads the team. He's batting uh, 320. He had three home runs uh, so far this season. He hit a three-run homer in the eighth inning Friday in a 4-3 uh, victory over the Indiana Hoosiers. So uh, even though LSU, uh, look, they're not going to go undefeated. It's baseball. Uh, you know that's why you know all of a sudden you look on Saturday. Oh, they lost their Iowa Hawkeyes 12 to four. You have to keep it in perspective and how the game unfolded. Uh, but uh, when you look at the Longhorns, Mike, right now they lost their first three games, but they were, won two or three Indiana uh, last week uh, against the Hoosiers. So I think this is a good uh, measuring stick. Now, uh, Charlie or Mike, y'all getting to help me out here? Do y'all know who's the starting pitcher for LSU? Because I think the Longhorns are going with LeBaron Johnson. A right-handed pitcher. I'll double check. Is it the guy, guy from checked, UCLA. Yeah. Heard is that? Last Herd?
4: Tuesday it was Thatcher Hurd that started against Southern, but I, I imagine it will either be him or Christian Little in this game starting.
3: Yeah, yeah. I would think Heard from UCLA. That would be what you would expect as far as expectations. Uh, him, basically, Heard like out of UCLA is a major league pitcher, so uh, you look at he could be in the weekend rotation as this unfolds after the Texas uh, game. But I think, uh, Coach Johnson, this is a strategy that, uh, listen, it's a good feather in your cap if you can win uh, because it is a hostile environment, how we love the Tigers and support LSU, uh, you know, when you're playing a home baseball game. They're like that in Austin. Texas feels the same. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's why even though it's just from a psychological standpoint, I think it makes a difference if you can come away with a win tonight against the Longhorns. Charlie? So
4: for some history, Bobby, I know you like your history. Texas leads the overall series with LSU twenty eight, thirteen, and one. Um, and LSU is two and seven in their last three trips to Austin. So they're looking to turn that around.
3: Right, but well, well, without a doubt, because you look at recruiting So if and, you're a uh, gambler
4: yeah
2: and, yeah and you follow that trend. The yeah. the
4: one thing that I noticed from these notes is that the Longhorns, they have some of those big hitters you already mentioned mentioned, Porter Brown. They have a cat their catcher's hitting three sixteen and they have another outfielder that's hitting two ninety six, but they're only hitting two twenty four as a team. Yeah. Doesn't, yeah, I mean, if you look at their opponents early on in the season, they're playing uh, Arkansas, Missouri, Vanderbilt opening weekend. That's three SEC pitching rotations. Then they played Indiana this past weekend. They took two out of three, and now they're playing LSU. So they, they scheduled a pretty tough uh, start to the season.
3: But this is, a, this is a good measuring stick. I mean, it kind of keeps you humble, it keeps the players on their toes. Uh, even though they're unranked at LSUs, uh, think about how Texas, how they view in this. LSU's number one team in the nation. Boy, if we can come away with a win, that'll help our confidence. We're three and four right now to kind of get some swagger and maybe go on a winning streak. But look, as, as good as Porter Brown is, and you look at uh, coming over from TCU, I mean, uh, who could be better than Dylan Cruz? I mean, uh, if you look at Dylan Cruz, and I like what Coach Johnson said. This is, the, 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 and he ain't blowing smoke up, you know what. He said he's the best player I've ever coached. Okay. This is Coach Johnson. He said he's the best player I've ever coached, and I had 14 guys play in the major leagues th- this year. So that tells you how good he is. So you look all okay, the studs how, at the LSU. How, okay. the, the, to me, Dylan how, Cruz is unbelievable.
2: How did he get Co-SEC Player of the Year? I, 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 the, Charlie, uh, you figured that one out with that catcher from I, Florida? I still haven't gone and looked at the <laughs> stats yet. My man, that dude, that dude must have been awesome uh,
3: yeah. th- th- to share that honor with Cruz. No, because uh, D- Dylan Cruz, uh, boy, now, if, correct me if I'm wrong, Charlie and Mike, I, I think Dylan Cruz in an LSU uniform, as good as he's been, he's not been to Omaha. You're correct. No, no, You're no, correct no, no, now, think about that. You what? are correct. He, might, he could end up being the greatest LSU baseball player ever, depending on what he does in the majors. And they come on, they got to go to Omaha. That that's why the expectations. Now people say, "Oh, we got to win national championship." Uh ah, you got to slow your to Omaha. No, you have to get there. Regional, super regional, and all that. But um, and then you 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 look at Joe Bear. Uh, I mean, you know, uh, he he
2: was really hot Sunday.
3: So uh, you gotta, he has to continue to be hot. So we'll
2: be back with more sports talk here on the Big Eight Seventy. And in a story, if this was a script given to a movie writer, you'd throw it away about the imminent sale of the Washington Commanders. We'll have Kelsey Nicole Nelson on with us to sort of explain things and it is crazy a ride as you will ever see in sports. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870.
5: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date Detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date.
2: Back here on Sports Talk on the Big Eight Seventy, Mike DeTella, along with the Cajun Cannon, Bobby A. and Charlie Long, on our Oakwood Heart Jewelers Talk and Text line from Fox Sports, also from Bally Sports, Kelsey Nicole Nelson uh, from the DC area, Maryland grad. So I got all that in for you, Kelsey. All that, all <laughs> the, all in one shot. Kelsey, I was telling, felt- I was telling uh, uh, the boss here. That if somebody would have given me a script and say, Mike, take this to Hollywood South and see if they can get a movie done about it. You have an owner who is basically saying that guy is going to offer you the most money in Jeff Bezos. I don't want his money because I don't like what he wrote about me in the Washington Post. And he's asking the NFL for amnesty on anything that would have happened with the team that he could be liable for. In the past, he does not want to pick up the bill for that. Then he goes out and he gets Eric Bieniemy to run his offense, offensive coordinator. We all know Ron is on the defensive side of the football, but basically Eric is sort of head coach in waiting. And you got a team that's looking for a new stadium. Kelsey got to sort all this out. I think an ownership change is imminent, but good gracious. Can Dan Snyder screw this up any more than what he has?
5: Oh, oh, my gosh. Well, I, I wish I was joining you all under better circumstances. It seems like every time I join Washington is in some type of disarray, like a house on fire, but truly appreciate you being, you know, being here with you all. But you you summed it up perfectly. The Washington Commanders franchise, they're going through a lot. And the four words I keep hearing in Washington are sell the team, Dan. People are just tired of all that this team has been through. And as you said, you know, people are counting down to, you know, back in November, you know, we're hearing about this potential sale. People are looking at the days now. We're at the end of February and saying, Kelsey, when is it going to happen? And right now we're hearing that if a sale is to take place, which it looks like we're moving towards that point. will hopefully be the end of March um, when you look at the time the NFL owners meeting takes place. But all that to say, as you said, you know, we're looking at a team that's valued right now at, $5.6 $5.6 billion by Forbes. We're hearing that, you know, they want Tanya, um, who is Dan Snyder's wife, and him won as high as $7 billion, which would be the largest sale um, in NFL history. This is a franchise he's had since 1999, a franchise that hasn't really been winning. I mean, you talk about Eric Bannemi has been a bright spot here in Washington. Many fans excited for that, hoping he can develop a young quarterback like Sam Howell and a potential veteran uh, that will potentially come to Washington after Ron Rivera's most recent comments. But right now, it's, just, it's a messy you know we're hearing and there's been about four bids right now all of them seem about too low the highest bid we're hearing was back in December at 6.3 billion but the Jeff Bezos point you know Jeff Bezos is an addition to Amazon and those great packages that most of us get through Prime you know every week to our doorsteps. he also is over the Washington Post and the Washington Post has been probably the most influential media um, publication that has really exposed the commanders you know you go back to the sexual assault uh, and harassment charges you know um, and allegations that were made against the team that goes back to the Washington Post and so obviously Dan Snyder does not have a good relationship with with that um, but also we're hearing that it might be more than that we're hearing at, you know, maybe Jeff Bezos is potentially waiting out some of these early bids uh, because right now, of all the bidders that we're hearing about, he does have the most value um, in terms of his net worth. I mean, Jeff Bezos, he's in a class of his own, right, when it comes to his right, net worth. Right. Now, There's now, so uh, many different yeah. things there.
3: Now, uh, Kelsey, uh, when you look at it from a, 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 a commander fans, fan base, so I'm about to say Redskins, but I, I guess <laughs> I could say Redskins when you think of Jack Kent Cook and all yeah. uh, Jack Kent Cooke looks like almost like a saint c- uh, compared to Daniel. <laughs> and Danny listen,
2: Snyder. you could write um, a lifetime movie event with Jack Kent Cooke's life. It wouldn't be a
3: two-nighter. It would be like a four-nighter. Man, Jack Kent oh Cooke lived a yeah. wild life. Well, well, you lived a wild life, but you know what? Uh, they won the, the Washington won Super Bowls uh, with Joe
5: right. Gibbs. <laughs> Something that they haven't been able to do as of late. And, you know, people are they're sick and tired of being sick and tired. And you know, this was a team that people were hoping would go to the playoffs this year. But obviously the Cleveland Browns had other things in mind, right, ending the commander's chances. And people just want a new start. You know, it's, it's bad enough there's complaints about this stadium, this ownership you know, there's the hashtag Fire Dan has been trending probably for at least a decade now. Um, and then there's just it seems like there's nothing going right in Washington. And people wanted to start at the top. So they're really hoping. And this is the first time I think fans have felt like there was truly any momentum behind Dan Snyder selling this team. But I think the thing to remember is the number just has to be right. The number has to be right if he truly is to sell this team. He does want more than the Broncos most recently sold for. Um, because he feels like the franchise is worth much more, you know, than when when he first bought it back for eight hundred million back in nineteen ninety nine. You know times have changed. This is one of one of the most storied franchises, right, fellas? And yeah. this is a franchise, like you said, had 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 winning ways pre Dan Snyder. Uh, and folks are hoping that it gets back to winning ways post Dan Snyder. But right now he is kind of still that thorn that's been around this whole franchise. And folks are just waiting for that thorn to be pricked out. And right now it's going to be who pricks that thorn out. And right now we're just not hearing the traction that we want in terms of who might be the next owner, but at least it seems like the offense, right, is in good hands potentially uh, moving forward for this franchise. You know, uh,
3: Kelsey, I was talking to Mike about this, is that um, when you look at, I was kind of surprised, but I, you know, I I look at, you know, nation's capital, you know, obviously you look at the major markets like in New York, Chicago, or or Los Angeles, but uh, this goes way back even to the nineties. According to Forbes, that it whether well, it was 2018s and you know they had uh, going even way back old school. Then now we got 32 NFL teams. That I want to say, uh, Washington, the DC franchise, has always been like in the top five or six. And I think that's mm-hmm. what Daniel Snyder saying. No, I'm I'm getting my money because I think that the value of being in the nation's capital, in the proximity Maryland, Virginia, and DC, and all that, is that uh, no, it's way more valuable than like say the Broncos are just so uh, to the walls and. Uh, on Walmart money and all that. That's
2: why right. he, he is asking for $7 billion. Now, I don't know if you'll yeah. get that, but I think, Kelsey, I think it'll be in that zip code. It'll be more than the Broncos, Yeah, for sure. I think it'll be in that zip code.
5: And I think it has to be, right? I think it would be a little bit offensive if, if this team were to sell for less than the Denver Broncos. And that's no hate or shade to the Denver Broncos. But, again, like you said – this is the nation's capital, right? The most powerful city in the world, and you said it. You know, this is a unique franchise in the fact that you do get people from all mis- municipalities, including Maryland, Virginia, and D.C. to games. But I think the other thing to think about, you know, too, we're also hearing just some sources talking about whoever is to buy this team, they also don't want any financial implications that might be placed on Dan Snyder and this franchise. They don't want to <laughs> inherit that. Let's right. remember, this team is still going through investigation. Sweep that under the people. rug. <laughs> Yeah. Right. So, you know, some people are like, hey, if I get this, I want it to start fresh. I want it to start anew. I don't want kind of that, any of that dirty laundry coming in. So I think that's why this one is a lot more complicated than the Denver Broncos sell because of all of these, unfortunately, negative storylines surrounding this
3: team. Well, uh, you know, Kelsey, now they've cut bait with Carson Wentz. Uh, obviously, every team looks at, uh, even here in New Orleans, uh, the quarterback position. So going forward, uh, well, where is Washington at? Are they going? Uh, Mike, was the Carolina quarterback uh, Sam Howell? Are they going Sam with Hall. Sam Howell? Yeah. Are, are, if you listen, are the fans if excited you about him a little or what?
2: bit? To Rivera, he sort of indicated that they would maybe go out and get a veteran.
3: Oh,
5: exactly and, and right. I go with exactly Sam Howell, okay. Right. Well, basically saying Sam Howell is going to compete for that QB1 spot. So, you know, I think fans were automatically assuming that Sam Howell would be that guy. He has lots of love in Washington. You'll hear fans howling. You'll, have, you'll, you know, you'll hear fans obviously just praising his name because of the one game that we got to see at the end of the season with Sam Howell, but also from the preseason last season. But I think Rivera saying, just hold up. There needs to be more. You know, last season he put his trust in the veteran, and you talked about it. That was Carson Wentz. Obviously that didn't go according to plan, but I don't think Ron Rivera has given up hope of bringing a veteran to Washington that can hopefully lead this team. Of course, there's a lot of talk about veteran quarterbacks in the market right now. That's probably the top talk um, right now in football. But I think for Washington, it's good. You want competition for that QB one spot. I do think it's a lot to put on Sam Howell, you know, a guy who obviously doesn't have much NFL experience. You bring in Eric Bieniemy, And I also think it's important to talk about whoever is the quarterback in Washington, if Eric Bieniemy is to be the next head, you know, head coach of this franchise, or if he is to be a head coach somewhere else, I do think it is really going to be dependent upon whoever this quarterback is, right? Because he essentially bet on himself coming here to Washington, hoping to make this Washington offense go and hopefully getting this team to the postseason. So I think his success will also be closely tied to whoever Washington gets to start um, this season, whether it be Sam Howell or the veteran that Ron Rivera is implicating that he wants here in Washington.
2: Kelsey, kind of explain to everyone about the – probability of a new stadium. I know this is something Snyder has, he hasn't bit his tongue about that he wants a new stadium. Well, they wanted to bring it
3: back into D.C. instead of Landover, Maryland. But so, Sort of explained a little bit of all
2: that because that complicates things too. Um, I'm not saying the new owner is not going to be able to come in and and write a check for it. He's going to get a little bit of help from the NFL with that, but this seems imminent also that they're going to have a new playing field. Uh, for the Washington Commanders. It's not going to stay where it's at. That's going to be a new stadium.
5: Yeah, you know, there's lots of love from Prince George's County, Maryland here. But Landover, Maryland, you know, if you've seen – if you've been on social media, you might have seen some of the wrongs that have happened at this stadium. You know, there's been sewage links. There was the rail falling on quarterback Jalen Hurts. There's just been a lot of wrong at this stadium. And also, oh, by the way, this is probably one of the stadiums that you get in the worst traffic getting into the stadium. So all that to say, you know, back – Last season, early in the season, team president Jason Wright did say did say that the team hopefully moving forward will be in a new stadium during the 2027 season. So that's something to look forward to, I think, for fans. But remembering that this team is contractually obligated to play at FedEx Field, inland over Maryland, um, through the 2026 NFL season. So something to think about. There's been lots of talk about where this new stadium might be. Virginia is on the hot track. You know, there's been lots of great bids. You know, Loudoun County saying, "Hey, we've got." of land you know tax breaks and tax cuts which are always great right when you are an owner right. so that could be a possibility rfk stadium lots of folks wanted them to be back in dc but if you've been paying attention to the to the news you know rfk stadium we just gave away the last seats uh, from RFK Stadium, those were actually bidded off. Uh, you know, it's a longtime Washington fan, so that unfortunately does not seem like the team ever coming back to DC will be something that we see in the future. And I think many folks hate it. You know, DC is it, it, it's symbol is it's symbolism. You know, there, but. Uh, I just don't see it happening. So probably well, Virginia is probably the brightest bet. Well, so
2: your bet would be Virginia. At this yeah, point. but
3: but but explain to me, Kelsey, why not? Okay, uh, RFK Stadium—they blow up stadiums all the time. I played in the Pontiac Silver Dome, and ain't there no more? Uh, you know, in Detroit. And then you look right. at Ford Field. I mean, with the is there not enough land? And you could think about uh, come on, all the architects and uh, you know, the engineers they have now. Or is
2: it a situation of getting to and from? An issue.
3: Uh, they never had the a problem going to RFK Stadium. M- maybe uh, not right. in the past, so I don't know about today. Well, I mean, I, yeah. I, I, I don't know. I, I mean, all I know I, is I don't know uh, about it that. just seems like um, that uh, Maryland is Maryland, Virginia is Virginia, Washington, D.C. Yeah. It is the uh, the commanders or, or the Washington you would think NFL that. Team. yeah. <laughs>
5: We're a football team here, you know. In our team stadium, actually going back to your transportation point, you know, there's the metro. We ride the train here in the D.C. area, and it's not too far from the metro site. So actually, getting to that stadium, you know, would not be an issue. Okay. I think it goes back to just does D.C. want this here? You know, going back to last year, there was a report in June. I talked about the D.C. Council and the majority of them not supporting a new stadium at RFK. So going back to your point about a new stadium being there, I think it's going to be something, you know, you have to convince the lawmakers here, you know, to bring in here. And D.C. is going through a lot of, you know, just new newness, lots of construction here. I mean, if you're around town, you're going to see a crane pretty much everywhere. Lots of new apartment buildings and condos, very expensive buildings, I should add as well, you know, and office buildings. But for some reason, it just seems like, you know, there hasn't been any traction on a new stadium coming here to D.C., yeah, because the, the, the fans want it. Well, but lawmakers aren't well
3: and the team's <laughs> not winning. The team's if, if, not winning. If, if this would be like uh, uh, the Washington Redskins of Joe Gibbs days in the eighties, no, no, they, they'd the build, politicians would they, be all in they, on they'd it. They'd build a new stadium. Uh, yeah, I, I, that's what I think. I don't know.
5: Yeah, I mean, think about it. I mean, do you want a team that has all of this kind of drama around it? You know, and DC has enough things that they're trying to. get They got rid of. drama. <laughs> <laughs> we got a little bit of drama here in DC. You know, and it just you know we have the and then all the politics that goes on here. You know, and I think again, you mean I think it would be a dream come true. But you know, Virginia now it's kind of like if you go out to the team's practice facility in Ashburn. Ashburn has a lot of new development. Virginia's kind of going through this new redevelopment phase. There's lots of money. Um, as well in Virginia, you know, you're looking at very, uh, a lot places where a lot basically have lots of wealthy residents, you know, um, and it's just really attractive. And I think there's more land out there to really do what you want. And look at all the new stadiums, you know, being built. Look, you know, look at Jerry's world and what he was able to do. You know, look at what the Raiders were able to do. You know, it's kind of everybody wants to upstage each other, right? When it comes to the, these new stadiums. Right. So I do think that land aspect is going to be important. Yes, you could have a cool architect probably go up there, but, you know, I think, you know, and then think about the new owner, you know, if Jeff basically Was to get this team. You know, Amazon has a large presence in Crystal City, Virginia. So it might make sense, right, Mm. to have all of his kind of dealings potentially, right, in Virginia. And, again, that's if he was to get the team, um, you know. So I think that's just something to think about, too, and I think that's why this ownership thing is going to be super important and just really crucial because this could also be a new owner that could come in and have really good dealings with maybe the D.C. Council um, and D.C. Mayor Muriel Bowser. And who knows, maybe could convince. You know, Audi Field where D.C. United plays, brand-new stadium, people love it. It's right in southwest D.C., close to the waterfront. Um, in DC, you know, and it's a hot attraction for many. So I do think if somehow they were able to get there, you know, it would be huge.
3: Well, you know, Kelsey, you know, and Mike, you know, what's the difference today? I've noticed because you remember it used to be, who can have uh, the biggest stadium? I'm talking about the Saudi State Conference in the Deep South, like you could, like University of Tennessee, or you look at LSU, and also oh, we going to be a hundred thousand plus, or are you look at the big house in Michigan? Oh, it all came out, but now. Smaller is better because now how teams, or I should say, the fan base, how they view teams, is not so much being in that number. So it's better to have a full house always. Let's say high 60s, low 70, uh, more uh, in the proximity of that versus uh, always trying to fill 100,000 stadium. And because uh, look at the future of stadiums, like it's not
2: and trying to extenuate. The fan experience and fan in experience. a smaller stadium.
3: Yes, fan experience right. because how, if you view in this, however you view in uh, an NFL game, because that's one thing. Landover and the teams not winning and uh, what uh, commanders play is too big. It, it, it's too big of a stadium considering how they in stadiums today. Well, what is Landover? I want to say it's like 88,000 or something that has to be one of the biggest, if not the biggest stadium as far as capacity. That, that That's not what the NFL wants going forward. Kelsey. You know, I
5: think you brought up a great point. I was going say, you know, how, see how people view the games now. You know, now it's all about the technology, yes. right, and stadiums, you know, and, you know, making sure that fans are really comfortable. Some people will sit down and watch the game the traditional ways of football. You know, others want to do – now, let's remember, FedEx Field also has something um, that was really huge when they got it. They have sports betting now at FedEx field. Right. And I think sports betting has been largely integrated now into football. So that's going to be huge. You know, fans yep. now also, you know, you want to cater to your to your season ticket holders. You want to have places that, you know, they can charge their phones You know, they can kind of have the virtual reality aspects of the game. So I think you're right. I think how stadiums are built now are really appealing to just the ways technology is moving and how people want to view the game.
2: Kelsey, thanks so much for joining us this afternoon. We really appreciate, appreciate it. I you guys. And uh, I see you every morning, you somewhere or another. You travel <laughs> you travel worse than me, gal, I guarantee you. <laughs> but you're doing great, and uh, I told this to Bob. You, you're you a future star in this business. so, I um, so appreciate Appreciate everything. That. Thank
5: you so much for the love and support. It's always been great to be joined by the New Orleans family. So thank you all so much, and hopefully we get things figured out here in D.C. All
2: righty. Thank you, Kelsey. We appreciate it. <laughs>
5: Thanks so much. All
2: right. Kelsey Nicole Nelson, who works for Fox Sports, also for Bally Sports. And I think now she's covering the the Washington Nationals in baseball. So she got a lot of jobs and she does a great job. Got a lot of family in the Mississippi and also in New Orleans area. We'll be back with more sports talk here on the Big 870. (sighs)
1: Spring is a time of renewal. So why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com?
6: Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.
2: We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870. Charlie, you got some confirmation on the pitching. No surprise that you heard, but also a little bit of change in the lineup for the Tigers. Yeah, so
4: LSU baseball dropped their official lineup for the game tonight. Uh, they changed. Jay changed up the lineup a little bit. Leading off is Gavin Dugas playing second base. Second is Dylan Cruz playing center field. Uh, Braden Bear playing right field. Tommy White DHing at the fourth spot. Uh, and then it goes down: Pearson, Jones, Neil, Thompson, and Nippold. And then with Thatcher Hurd pitching. So Trey Morgan will not be playing tonight. And we now know the starting pitcher
2: will be Thatcher Hurd. So, that you know, again, Jay's got that ability to kind of mix and match, and what he thinks will be best for his lineup against the Longhorns.
3: Yeah, now, when you look at it, uh, the one thing, uh, obviously, you can critique every game that they play, but you look what occurred against uh, the Iowa Hawkeyes, and... Uh, you know, like oh, well, is Iowa better than LSU? No, uh, but any, any but that game, day, yeah, it was twelve to four. But you know what? Uh, what you have to avoid? And this is an old saying.
2: But you can't uh, have well, can the bases runners. loaded, yeah, yeah,
3: yeah, yeah and yeah, it, yeah. no outs, and get zero on straight no, no. strikeouts. Hey, they stranded fourteen runners against Iowa. You cannot do that. You know what I say? Ducks on the pond. You got ducks on the pond. You got to. I'm not saying you got to knock every one of them in. But you got to be able to be efficient when you got uh, runners in scoring position. That, that's what happened against Iowa. But you look, hey, uh, you don't dwell on what happened in the past. Uh, you look what they, they get, did against Sam Houston. Uh, LSU's offense made up for it on Sunday. Uh, they had 23 hits in the victory. So that's why you, know, you learn from what occurred. And, but, but, but that's like in Major League or any high school, college baseball. If you got runners in scoring position, you got to knock them in. You can't leave a runner stranded like they did in that Iowa game.
2: Oh, we, we're seeing it. ESPN is reporting it with Dan Snyder. After his partners turned him into the NFL for using the team to get loans for his own personal deal, the NFL refused to investigate him.
3: How about well, that? Well, 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 uh, uh, to How me, about that? the NFL refused. He has dirt on other owners. <laughs> on everybody. Yeah. Yeah. So, like, if I'm going down, you're going down. Uh, no, and, and, and the other owners don't want that.
2: <laughs> Man, again, this story uh, again, it would be a bad novel. If you wrote it and turned
3: it in, it would be a bad novel. Somebody's going to write a, a movie on this, Mike. It <laughs> One might, way or another. Somebody, eventually, you're going to see uh, this movie coming out. I mean, come on. They got people who can write scripts. Well,
2: uh, it might also be an ESPN 30, 30, 30. on 30 oh, without a doubt. Uh, on, on how this transpired. We'll be back with more Sports Talk here on the Big 870. We're back here on Sports Talk on the Big 870 to finish it out. And more bad news for the Pelicans. Jose Alvarado has been diagnosed with a stress reaction to his right tibia. He will be reevaluated in three weeks. When it rains, it pours, boys. Well, boys, get out the galoshes in the, in, in the raincoat. But so now, Jose out at least for three weeks. We're going to go back to our Oakland Hard Jewelers talking text line. We're going to go to Larry in New York City. Larry, you in the huddle with Bobby and Mike?
7: Hey guys, how hey. y'all doing? Hey, listen, I uh, I grew up in New Orleans. I've lived in New York City for many years now, but as a kid growing up in growing up in New Orleans, my 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 all time hero, and I'm sure for many kids who grew up in the late '60s and early '70s was Pistol Pete. Amen. And I just I'm one of them. Know, I just, I just, I just, just want to know that how many people in Louisiana are paying attention to the fact that the Horizon League tournament, uh, Purdue Fort Wayne plays Detroit Mercy tonight. If they win that game, it will end the career of Antoine Davis. He needs 63 points to tie Pistol Peak. Now it's taken him five years to do it. He's got the shot clock and a three-point three line. Yeah, right. And all that stuff. So I'm just wondering how, you got, how much attention this is getting down down in Louisiana. And, and and I know for one, I'm rooting for Purdue Fort Wayne tonight to beat this guy. So without a doubt, you know. You know, because, listen, that record there, you've looked at records throughout the years, the fifty-six game hitting streak for DiMaggio. I remember when Roots' 714 home runs seemed untouchable. You know, all, all the records, you know, when, when uh, Lou Gehrig's, you know, uh, uh, consecutive games seemed untouchable. All these records that have seemed untouchable over the, over the years, you know, have all seen the fallen. but Pistol Pete's record, we've got to keep that one somehow. You know what I mean, guys?
3: Well, uh, I, I would look at it. Uh, now, if it would occur, and God forbid that it happens, you got to put an asterisk. I mean, I, I don't know, but you probably won't have that in this day and age because we we want the newest, latest, greatest flavor. But come on, Pistol Pete. I mean, would he accomplish? considering no three-point line and the number of years would he accomplish.
2: He did it in three because you couldn't play as a, well, you could play on the freshman team, but not on the varsity team. And, so, th- and the shot clock, totally yeah, different. Yeah.
3: So you look at uh, – listen, I'm not anti-Detroit Mercy, uh, but go Purdue-Fort Wayne. I mean, uh, because I, I think that's a record that, that has to come about. Uh, Mike, you know it's another record uh, he was saying about, like, consecutive games um, – Man, I, I have this in my restaurant, uh, KJ Cannon restaurant. Um,
2: Jamaggio with 56 games? No, 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 consecutive
3: games uh, for the Baltimore Orioles. Oh, Cal Ripken Cal Jr. Cal Ripken Jr. Mike, in the restaurant, you don't know, have a bat that he signed during that season. You know, look at game management, how we got NBA players and all that. That
2: thing ain't never going to
3: be broken. <laughs> when you look at like uh, uh, with Cal Ripken Jr., what he accomplished accomplish consecutive games? Now, I know it's baseball compared to a contact sport, but still. Answer the, the bell. That's unbelievable.
2: Again, repeating: Jose Alvarado has been diagnosed with a stress reaction, right tibia, reevaluated. And when it rains, it pours uh, for the Pelicans, and especially
3: poured because you got to beat the Magic at home. Come <laughs> Good on, Lord! All right,
2: LSU baseball coming up at the top of the hour, and at six thirty,
0: LSU Texas, right here on the Big Eight Seven. All right, Bon nuit, les Jean. Good night, people. Who that?